Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show. It is Monday, February 4th. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Any of my sports ball friends out there have woken up from their pizza and snack coma in the, I guess, boring game yesterday. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton. I have a great show for you today in just a few minutes. I have the creator, producer, and cast of the hit web series, Child of the 70s, with Michael Vaccaro, Charlie Vaughn, Ann Walker, Terry Ray, and Chuck Sakula calling in. They'll be talking just a couple minutes. And in the second hour, I have a singer-songwriter who I've just fallen in love with recently. The Machine will be on to talk all about his new music that he just released this weekend. So big show today. If you happen to miss last week, uh, big shout out to my guests. I had, of course, uh, world-famous blogger Perez Hilton, podcaster and musician Brandon Carmody, artist Paul Richmond, and from the web series The Queen's Project, Ken Arpino and Andre Jordan on, Andre Jordan. If you missed them, please go check it out. I'm on all your favorite podcast distributors iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, of course, Blog Talk and Spreaker. If you haven't subscribed, please do. You'll never miss an episode of the Left of Straight Show. Also, I hope you're following on social media. Uh, if you can, please do. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at Left of Straight. And Left of Straight is always spelled out L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight. You can also go to my Facebook page at the Left of Straight Show or send me over a friend request to Scott Fullerton on Facebook. I'd love to talk to you. So let's see. Let's go to the news. Lots of stuff going on right now. Um, I, like I said, I heard the Super Bowl was a super snooze fest. I know the score wasn't very big, something like 4-3 or something. Um, I don't know if that means it's a good game or not, but it was said it was supposed to be kind of a snoozer. I caught up on Star Trek Discovery because I love being a little Wilson Cruz and Anthony Rapp, of course. Um, and it's going to be good this season, guys. Really excited about that. Uh, what else happening in the news? Um, I don't know if you missed, Gay Days um, is coming up next month. Of course, we had Eddie Shapiro on last year to talk about Gay Days. It's always in October. And they do a mini Gay Days in the first of the year, and that's going to be happening uh, coming up March 2nd. Eddie Shapiro is the founder of it at Anaheim Disneyland's Gay Days. 
Um, the big event will be, of course, in October again, the 4th through 6th. But Disneyland Paris is now actually sponsoring their very first gay pride celebration um, this year. Uh, gay Days has been going on at Disneyland forever. Eddie's been organizing it forever. It's a fantastic event. Red shirts all throughout the park in Anaheim. But it has always never been sponsored uh, by Disneyland. They've never co-sponsored an event like this. They've just put it on and let, let, it, let the people go to the park. So this Paris one is the very first one, and we're hoping it's going to transfer down to Eddie and his gay days at Anaheim. So that should be kind of fun. Uh, of course, there's big politics over the weekend with the Virginia governor. Um, I'm going to be exploring that this Wednesday on the relaunch of Standing on My Soapbox, Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be my political show. I was going to try to launch it in January, but I wasn't able just to for logistical reasons on Wednesdays to start until this week. So tune in Wednesday for the premiere um, relaunching of Standing on My Soapbox. I'll be talking all things political and LGBT um, in the news uh, with special guests every week. So we'll talk all about the governorship and what's happened there then. Um, also in the news, I'm a little pissed off at GLAAD, of course, our LGBT organization, GLAAD. They've pulled Bohemian Rhapsody for contention for the GLAAD Awards for Best Movie of the Year because of the Brian Singer controversy. If you're not familiar with that, Brian Singer has had controversy for quite a few years now, apparently assaulting boys and uh, in the Me Too movement, of course. It's even uh, getting more attention now. Um, it was kind of widely publicized that the star Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek, has been just getting all the awards for his portrayal as Freddie Mercury in it. Did not have a good time with Brian Singer. He actually came out this week and did confirm that him and Singer did not get along. He won't talk about it too much, but does say that it got so bad that Singer was finally fired three weeks before the ending of filming um, finished on Bohemian Rhapsody. So I'm, I'm a little upset that Glad is pulling the best uh, best picture award for it. I have some issues with some of the factuality of it and what was represented in the movie, but it was a very good movie. Rami Malek's portrayal of Freddie Mercury was amazing. And he, like I said, he is winning all these rewards for it. Uh, usually a best picture um, award goes to the producer anyway, so that they are holding back this nomination because of Brian Singer uh, when it usually goes to producers, you have other, all the cast and crew that work so hard in the show. It's really penalizing a lot more people than Brian Singer, who did not even finish the film, even though he does get the full director credit on it because that's the way the guild rules work. But um, not really happy about that. It was finished being directed by Dexter Fletcher, who I'm really looking forward to directing Rocket Man coming up very soon with. Karen Egerton, which I just love. So, yeah, that's kind of what's in the news this week and got me a little upset. What else is happening? Um, oh, we are officially four months away from the Big Gay Road Trip Part 2 happening in June of this year. I am so excited 
to be invited back to the Indulge Resort in Palm Springs by owners John Jackson and his partner uh, Sandy. And I'm going to be doing four weeks' worth of shows from the Indulge Resort the entire month of June, starting Monday, June 3rd, going through, I think it's the 25th is the last Tuesday in June. So I'm going to be bringing live guests and friends in from L.A. and all over the place. So that should be fun. Please follow along. I'll be starting doing some advertising on that very soon. I'm looking for sponsors and donations to help get my little happy butt back and forth from Ohio to Palm Springs. Uh, again, big thanks to the Indulge Resort. I have Matt Scalarid and Pink Banana Media being my media partner there this year. Also, Tony Guadagnino, who does all my social media advertising on Twitter, will be a media partner this year. Um, CBT Candle and Scott Travis is always a sponsor of the show, so I'm really looking forward to the Big Gay Road Trip in June this year. Uh, we have some great guests coming up in February. I can't believe we're in February already. Tomorrow I have Josh Reimer, Mr. Gay Canada, and Katie Barberi, who's a great friend of the show and is doing a play in Chicago right now. Later on in the month, I have Matthew Olson, the shirtless violinist. I have Ben Bauer and Sandy from their hit web series, Adulting, coming on. It's been nominated for all sorts of awards this year. Artist Greg Fox is coming on. Um, Jason Ceceris and his boyfriend Christian Lopez is coming on. Margaret Cho is coming back to the show for the fourth time. Producer Cody Lassen from Broadway will be on. Greg Scarnici will be on, who has a new book coming out, and of course is a producer on Saturday Night Live. Seth Daniels, all sorts of great shows coming up for the month of February. I hope you'll turn in every Monday and Tuesday, 2 o'clock Pacific, 5 o'clock Eastern. But let's get ready, boys and girls. We have a great show for you today. In just a couple minutes, I have the creators, producer, and cast of Child of the 70s, Michael Vaccaro, Charlie Vaughn, Ann Walker, Terry Ray, and Chuck Sakula calling in in just a couple of moments. Later on in the second hour, we're going to have uh, artist Z Machine on to talk about his new music he just released this weekend. So let's get ready for a good show. Let's play a little bit of Michael Vaccaro singing his theme song to Child of the 70s. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Tell me what would you say If I flashed a piece on your way Tell me how would you Child 
That was Michael Vaccaro singing the theme song to Child of the 70s. Guys, I am so excited to have them on the show today. After five seasons of making us laugh and bringing us some of the most fun casting in web history, Child of the 70s, created by Michael Vaccaro, has launched its fifth and final season. They had a huge premiere this past Friday night in L.A., I'm excited to have the cast and creators here to discuss the final season, what they've been up to, and what they're all heading for in the future. Please welcome to the show, series creator and Carlo Perdete, Mr. Michael Vaccaro, executive producer, (laughs) Mr. Charlie Vaughn. In just a couple of minutes, we're hoping Kiki Lawrence herself, the lovely Miss Ann Walker, will be calling in. We also have on the line Alfonso, Mr. Chuck Asakula, and the always amusing James Hunter, Mr. Terry Ray. Welcome, everyone. How y'all doing? Ray, I'm great. Woohoo! Very excited to be here. Congratulations. Exciting to have you on. Season five, we've had a fantastic five-year ride here. Michael Vaccaro, let's start with you. For those that have been under a rock and haven't found your web series yet. Please give me a quick Reader's Digest overview of the last four seasons leading up to this finale. Oh, gosh. Okay, the last four seasons. It started uh, in 2011, which is when I wrote <coughs> season one. And, uh, and it is the story of Carlo Perdente, who, uh, and the joke is Perdente, by the way, the word Perdente in Italian means loser. Um, and because uh, Carlo is just a is just a loser in life, he's uh, he's a, a, a new uh, an Italian New Yorker, a gay Italian New Yorker, and I'm I'm none of those things. So it's very different <laughs> from my 
it's very different from my life. And, um, uh, and yeah, and his sort of misadventures. And it sort of started out because in my uh, – two reasons. One, my favorite television show of all time is Rhoda. And so, uh, and so Child of the 70s sort of kind of mirrors the, the Rhoda story, the whole Rhoda arc. Uh, basically, you know, going going from ugly duckling to sort of, you know, beautiful, independent uh, woman, New Yorker, except I'm not a woman. Um, but it sort of it sort of mirrors that that story arc. And uh, and also in my real life, I was a, I was a personal assistant to a uh, to a movie actress. And I had lots of stories to tell about that experience. And so I put them in the show. And so Carlo. Carlo Prudente ends up being a, uh, a personal assistant to a, a former 70s television star. And that's where the child of the 70s sort of comes in. And yeah, we've done it for four seasons. And oh, well, we just premiered season five. And it was it was ready. Uh, I was ready to be done with it. I felt like I had told the story exactly how I wanted to tell it. And I felt like I was ready to sort of move on to other stuff. So we decided to end it. Well, I have to say I've seen the entire series. I just finished all six episodes of the last season. Well done yeah. on you all. Mr. Charlie Vaughn, oh, you, you talked on the show before. I love the projects you've been involved with from acting, producing, directing. Tell me when you first became aware of the series and what made you want to be involved as an executive producer. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, <clears throat> um, I think I became aware of the series when it was uh, – uh, after they had shot uh, season three. And um, at the time I was working on a, on the web series that you've had me on before uh, gossip boy and um, child of the seventies looked like it was a lot of fun. And I happened to know some of the people involved and I happened to ask them very innocently um, at a Christmas party, Hey, do you need any help? And they said, we can't pay you. And I said, no, no, no. I mean, can I come hang out on set and like help out? And they said, sure. <laughs> so then uh, flash forward to helping out for uh, two episodes of season four and um, paid or unpaid. It, it's, it is stressful on set, but I think the the level of fun really outweighs everything else. And I thought, Oh, I, I really want to, you know, kind of help out more. And then, um, Somewhere in the interim, I think I think Michael uh, had asked if I wanted to come on season five, uh, and knowing that it was going to be the last season, and knowing a lot of the Child of the Seventies family already, I, I um, enthusiastically and naively said yes. And the reason I say naively <laughs> is that one of the things that Michael hides on set is all the great amount of work that goes into putting together something when you have like zero money. And yes, we do raise a little bit of money from, you know, fundraising campaigns, but that doesn't even scratch the surface of um, working, working hours. And I know, you know, most of the people on that show were, were kind of doing it in kind. And uh, it's just, uh, I'm, I could not be more thrilled with the outcome of season five. I, I think it's, I'm biased. It's my favorite season, but I, I do think that it's, it's definitely, storyline character wise acting wise writing wise and just the whole polished look of it i think season five really i think we went out on a really high note very cool i agree mr terry ray you're no stranger to web series as a writer producer creator yourself talk to me about playing this character over the years and what has been your favorite wardrobe in the series because you have been a fashion icon my friend (laughs) 
<laughs> icon. It's so generous. Um, um, <laughs> thank you for that word. Um, well, it's been a treat to get to play this character for for all these years because I've never gotten to play a character that long before, and um, and um, I thought the journey of James Hunter, who, if you compare it to the Rota story, he is he's uh, Phyllis. He's self-centered and um, really uh, wants a man and doesn't really care how he gets one. And, um, you know, he does have his best effort to look trendy. He never really does it, but he tries hard. Uh, I don't know what my favorite outfit is. He never wanted to be seen without a hat. He never never showed it ever. Except I think in the earthquake scene, um, my hat fell off. So that was the only time near death. Um, but I, I need had, to. I uh, want to jump in here, Terry, for a moment, and I, I, I want to answer that question if I may. My my yeah. favorite outfit of Terry's is in. Uh, I believe it's. I want to say it's season four. Tell me if it's season three or four, Terry, and Chuck as well. Um, uh, this was. His, I think it's season four when when uh, Chuck's character Alfonso moves in with James oh. and James tries yep. to seduce him by wearing a, yes. uh, a cop hat and, and handcuffs mm-hmm. and a gigantic and, and tights and a gigantic <laughs> dildo, I believe in his pants. I had, that's that was, season that was, four. Yeah. That Michael Vaccaro made me do things that I would never do for anybody else. I was in Viatars with a gigantic dildo down them and he had me uh, nude uh, uh, in one I moment. Say, you've showed your, you've showed your rear as well. I had, so, and so did Chuck. He's gotten Chuck well, there too. Yeah. yeah so, true. um, yeah, he's, he's good at that. He makes you do things that you don't, you, you say no. And then he, and then you do it and you wind up doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> there true. you go. That's well, true. after talking dildos, we got to um, glam this show up and bring a little class to it. I believe we have the lovely Miss Ann Walker joining us. Ann, how Yay. are you? Yay. Hey, yes, I am here. Yes, I love talking dildos, though. I, I really do enjoy that. You know, I have no problem with that. <clears throat> and you know, uh, but you're I, one of my favorite people on the planet. Welcome to the uh, show. Of course, you've done such great work in your career, including your huge roles as part of the Sorted Lies family. But talk about what you felt when you heard about this character, Kiki, and how fun has she been to play for five seasons? Well, when Michael explained her to me, I said, I have to play this part. Mm-hmm. Um, she is rather self-centered, you know, and she is narcissistic. <laughs> and she just says, get the fuck out of my way and don't talk to me. I'm too good to be in the same room with you. So um, it's it's helped me watching all the the housewives, you know, the housewives <laughs> franchise. <laughs> they they seem to have that kind of quirkiness to them. Uh, I but love that. you know, I just enjoy this character, and I know I'll never get to play this kind of character again. But um, it would be nice if I did, you know. It was a, it was a treat to play this character. Can I, I want to say something really quickly about Anne, Anne this year, just if I can real quick. Your scenes are very, very touching and fantastic this year. I mean, like, they're so moving. You made me cry, and I just thought, oh. great work, Miss Walker, great work. Well, thank you, my dear heart. I appreciate that. And listen, this this last season, we gave it our all, I think. I mean, everybody knew it was the last go-round, so I think we were we all turned in our, our best performances. You know, I always thought you were fabulous, too, my love. 
uh, you know. Uh, it, it, I it agree. I think us, they've all been. All exactly. They were amazing performances, and I can't believe it's taken me five seasons to get Chuck Sakula on the show. Um, I'm a <laughs> fan all the way from where the Bears are with my buddies Ben and Joe. Um, oh, you've gosh, had quite yeah. the season change we'll talk about in a bit. Tell me how it's been for you playing Alfonso over the years. I've had a ball. I've had a ball um, with this. Michael, I met Michael back in New York doing a uh, a workshop with something about Liza Minnelli. I don't remember, but yes, right. um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was in fact something about Liza Minnelli. That's right. Something <laughs> about Liza Minnelli. And, and, Why am uh, I not Michael, surprised? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael and I share the same birthday, so that, that's we have that going for, for us. But you, you never go, you know, you never know in this business um, who you're going to meet, and years down the line uh, end up working together. You know, you just never know uh, how long that friendship. You know, re- what, what, what's the saying? Reason, season that people come in and out of your life, and. Um, mm-hmm. I had met Michael years, like I said, in New York years ago, and then it wasn't until I don't even know if I knew you were in in Los Angeles when you just called me out of the blue and said, "I have this great character," and uh, mm-hmm. I said yes right away because it's just fun, and you know all the characters are just fun and out there. And our I think our first scene was uh, the 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 dinner, the Christmas dinner in season one. <laughs> And that was, that was correct. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, we brought all these weirdos together and we just had a field day. And from there I was in, you know, uh, hook, you know, hook, line and sinker to play this fun character and see where it went. And then I got to work with Terry Ray, who's the best sparring partner ever. Um, <laughs> And, you know, there were times when I think we were pulled back to be like, okay, we can't do that, can we? And then we would do that. And, <laughs> and you then, were pulled we did it. back? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but I, don't, I think they just kept pushing us and we pushed each other. But it's just been, as it was touched upon earlier, this has been a, a all for love, you know, because of this cast and these goofballs that we were able to sustain and it just, every season got better and better when we got Tom Pardo on board too. Oh, it just, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it just, he just brought us even further together and, and pushed us. And, and I agree the season five is, is a great one, but I, I, I had the best time uh, filming new year's Eve party where, uh, we're all in the big house, and there was a lot of drinking that night. And so everyone who was drunk was really drunk that night. And we, had a, <laughs> we had a great time. It's just been a fun ride. So, Michael, I, I cannot thank you enough for including me. Well, in, well my goodness. In working with thank, thank you. And, and I will reiterate that, uh, yeah, there was a lot of alcohol on set when we were filming the, um, the, uh, the, cl- uh, the, the, uh, the cliffhanger for season four where Kiki's house explodes. And, uh, and we, have, uh, we have this great uh, guy in our cast. His name is Randy Jones. He's the original cowboy from The Village People. <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, Randy, Randy likes a cocktail, as do we all. I love a cocktail as well. Uh, sometimes not at 7 in the morning do I like a cocktail, but Randy does. <laughs> and, uh, and so Randy, Randy we gotta showed do up what, at – We've got to do what we got to do to get through it. 
<laughs> you, absolutely. So Randy did that. He showed up at 7 o'clock in the morning on set with a flask, and by 8 o'clock he was drunk on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was the most fun. I think it was the most fun that I have ever had um, uh, on, on any shoot anywhere. And there were easily uh, 50 people, 50 actors in that room. Um, and, it, yeah, that was a great day. But I, I like to have alcohol. Well, I love I it. Feel like, I feel like alcohol <laughs> makes us all better. There you go. Well, at least, at least well, we think like we, said, we're better. Love, we do. At least yeah, we think we're better. That's absolutely correct. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, it's been fantastic getting to know all you over the season. Of course, we don't get the huge cliffhanger we've had every year because we wrapped it up so nicely this year. Um, but those who haven't seen the finale yet, we're not going to give it away. It's a little familiar, but extremely satisfying. Mm. Um, we know that these self-produced series and getting projects in general these days are getting harder and harder for funding for. So I think it's great that you're able to wrap it up in such a high note because like uh, Charlie Bond said earlier, these things are tough on no budget. I want to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the final season and we'll uh, start back with Chuck because I know you have some other uh, arrangements you have this afternoon that you have to get to. Like I said, your character kind of takes a change after last year's uh, cliffhanger. We seem in a little different light. Talk yep. about the arc and what you feel like um, <laughs> saying goodbye to this character after five years. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. I love playing the uh, the narcissist, the uh, the homophobic Alfonso. Uh, I wish, you know, early on I had a girlfriend named Bonita who, uh, uh, and I can't remember the actress's name. Um, well, there were, there were uh, a couple. The first yeah. one. Who, <laughs> uh, but I can't. Well, yes, the first Lacey. actress who played Bonita was Clacy Everett. Well, she was amazing. We just, we, again, we just had a ball. I, I think, I don't, I, I think my mouth, my throat was so sore from making out with her on that first at your wedding episode. Um, he was that, very that was, aggressive, was, though, Chuck. She was very <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> Not surprised that you were hurt. Yes. <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised that you didn't get gonorrhea. That's all I'm going to say. Exactly. I did happen to get a shot afterwards. Um, but to see the arc when I turn into uh, the gay man at the end, um, after we get blown up, and it was easy uh, with Terry because we just played off of each other. It's and we the, got to see your cute butt. I got to show my well. I'm so very cute. Yeah. Um, Michael, remember the first time with Mama, uh, with uh, Carol Ida White, who plays my mother. Uh, yes, that's right. We actually see that in, in season uh, season two. We actually saw Chuck's ass in that uh, season as well. So we've seen it twice. Ah. And I, I, it's my it's my screensaver on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a whole room. <laughs> oh God! Um, but it's 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 a nice little wrap up to my story, and to end it with Terry was great. Why well, end up? Oh, I can't say if you haven't seen uh, season five yet. But I like the way we end it with Terry and I in the movie theater. Oh no, we can yeah, say it because I always I think just in in real life I you know I think most homophobes are gay, um, and so <laughs> right. and so that was that was a 
that was a fun idea for me to, for me to play with that uh, that this that this guy and you know and, and growing up in the Bronx uh, in an Italian neighborhood in the Bronx you know which was which meant that the whole entire neighborhood was was homophobic, but then you know again you get a couple of beers into these guys and they're sucking your dick in an alleyway. Um, yeah, that's true. So, so I always you know yeah, I always whole, thought that that was an, an interesting idea to play with. The whole bro, man. So it was well, great. I was going to there say, Chuck, if you where... and Terry had to hold back, um, there's a couple of theater seats that are going to disagree with you after watching that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, 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 well, we, this was actually like, I don't know, like a couple minutes long. We, we, we did it forever uh, and wrestled. We did. We, and that, yeah. And I, I think there was some. Don't brag, Terry. Don't brag. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I think there was the most some... action I've had, I got to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I think they and I think they they cut that scene short uh, in the final version because there were a lot of legs flying in the air. I think Carol Ida White had a lot of ad libs, and yeah. uh, you know, with all that, so it was cut short. <laughs> but we went for it, didn't we, Terry? We did, and we did all that wrestling <laughs> without our lips ever parting. We did it locked lock together. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> well, I have appreciated your character, Chuck, and please stay on as long as you can. But whenever you need to leave, I understand we'll have to get you back for your own full segment interview here real soon. Thanks so much for coming on the show, my friend. Chuck, but Chuck has a Chuck has a film that he's that he just finished shooting. Uh, that oh. uh, Chuck wrote it. Chuck wrote it, and Tom yep. Pardo directed it. And yep. uh, yeah, so you can talk all about that too. So that's yeah, what I was yeah, going to ask before you go. I want you to give your social media and talk about future projects here for me. Sure. The uh, like, like Michael just said, I just uh, wrote my own film, a short film called Still Here, and Tom Pardo directed it. And uh, I we we filmed it. We finished two weeks ago. We're in post right now. Um, talk about a shoestring budget. So I'm I'm feeling everything. I have a even more respect for Michael because Michael really did five seasons on five dollars. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and. and <clears throat> the the amount of work that you that goes into putting this together uh, you know during before during after uh then promoting and it's it is uh unbelievable what he's done um like i said for five dollars so I, I couldn't be more proud of him and uh and and is inspiring um but my film is uh, i can't wait to share it with you all it's called still here uh, hopefully it'll be done within the month. And uh, well, invite I can us, tell you invite more. us to but, a invite us to a screening. Yeah, you are all yeah. you are all going to be invited to the screening. Good. And I'm going to have a little fundraiser because I, I tell you what, I've run out of money. <laughs> so if anyone wants to <laughs> donate a little, a little green my way, I'm glad. I'm glad. I like. I gladly accept it. But you would all be <laughs> definitely invited. So you can follow me. Uh, you can follow the project on Facebook at Still Here a Short Film. Um, same with Instagram is Still Here a Short Film, or you can follow me on my Facebook or Instagram at C Sakula, C S A C U L L A of everything that I'm doing and upcoming projects. Terrific. Well, we'll have to have how you about, back to promote the new film very much. Thank you so much for your Thank time. You so Stay much. on as I long as you can it. and chime in when you feel like it. But if you have to go, you are out of here. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. 
All right, guys, like I said in the beginning, you have had some amazing actors come in and out over the five seasons here, from recasting Mom every year to guests like you said, Randy Jones, Ted Lang, Susan Olsen, Bruce Valanche, Judy Tenuta, Donna Peskow, Elizabeth Reagan. You've all been there from just about the beginning. I want each of you to give me your thoughts on the casting and who you've enjoyed seeing on the show over the years. Michael, let's start with you. Oh, my God. Well, that's really difficult uh, because, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've loved everybody who's been on the show and, and have actually been amazed. I actually am oftentimes just amazed at, at the, at the people who, who agreed to do this show. Uh, yeah, it started out with Donna Pescal and then we had uh, Lynn Marie Stewart. Lynn Marie Stewart is famous for playing um, Miss Yvonne on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Wow. Um, right. She's amazing. And then, uh, yes. And like you said, Judy Tenuta. And then we had Amy Linker. Amy Linker was the star of uh, Square Pegs. She, star, she was the star of Square Pegs alongside uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in the 80s. And uh, it was a big coup when we got Ann Walker, in fact. I mean, that was, that was uh, oh, super please. exciting for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Um, I was <laughs> out begging and pleading for work. <laughs> <laughs> and this season we have Beverly Sanders playing my mother. And Beverly Sanders uh, yeah. was on Rhoda, and she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show, and she was on The Love Boat, and she was on a series called Lots of Luck with Dom DeLuise. I mean, she did everything in the 70s yeah. and 80s. Sure we had uh, Gina Hecht. Gina Hecht was uh, was used to be on uh, Mork and Mindy, and and she was on Seinfeld. And you know I love her. Ted Ted Lange from The Love Boat uh, did the show, and 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 he was just spectacular. And he just sort and of he, jumped in and he, said, "Yeah, I'll do whatever you yeah, want." Yeah, he just embraced being with us. You know, he embraced yeah. this whole thing from, so from enthusiastically. The very first yeah, yep, I, I was, and Bruce Valanche. We had I had such a great yep. time with Bruce, playing my husband. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, every everybody has been uh, truly tremendous. Yeah, Go Charlie. Terrific. Oh, that's right. Chuck Terry, got to what be about in bed you? Any guest Valanche. stars that you you had a lot of fun working with or just watching them perform? Is was that, that for me? me? Who? Terry, Terry for Terry. Yeah. Oh. Go ahead. Well. For me, it was it, it was just like a little you know wet dream because I I was an absolute TV addict in the 70s as a kid. I knew I was a walking TV guide. So anybody from my youth, like we just had Beverly Sanders, we talked about it, uh, thrilling to me because those they, they were on my favorite shows. So I, for me, I got to geek out and pretend like I wasn't geeking out, but I I loved them all and um, just they were good. I mean, Gina Hecht was amazing to I, I mean I watched her act because they shot a lot of the show in my in my apartment and I was mm-hmm. just like god she's good I mean they're all so good and and I was gonna say but you already mentioned uh, my favorite is Ann Walker I get to walk I get to work with Ann Walker all the time and for me that was <laughs> fantastically fine that, that's so sweet and I feel the same way about you uh, it was just a thrill to to do this because we were all so supportive of each other. I mean, everybody was like, you know, we really were are still. Yeah. And uh, yep. I, you know, I'm, Terry and I met, or Michael and I met when we did a reading of Terry, uh, Terry's right. uh, play, a yep. play or a scene. Uh, maybe it was, it was a, a movie. Play. It was yeah. Yeah. It was a screenplay. Right. Yeah. And we did that, and I met them, and I thought, wow, they're they're cool. 
this is a good project. And then later on, Michael calls me and asks me to be in this. And everybody at the time, all my friends, were doing web series. It became, like five years ago, it was like a new thing. And nobody had asked me to be in a web series. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody was throwing around the words, web series. Oh, I got a web series. Oh, I have two. You know, fuck them. (laughs) And so I was you quite the You got the, the best role of them all, dear. You got the I best did. role of them all. I did. I did. And and it was like a big badge of honor to to have a web series. So I well, I lived on that one. What about you? Any guest star that you uh, particularly like watching or working with, Chuck? Me? Chuck um, oh, no. Chuck is still here. Charlie, I think, is gone. Oh. Um, is Charlie still uh, gone? I, Everyone's yeah, still here. I, no, we're all still here. I could see. Oh, well, okay. Here. okay. Um, I it was a. I loved coming to set because I didn't know who I was going to see outside of the normal people. So I'm, I was all excited to see my Carol Ida White and her dog Charlie Tutu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I never got to work with uh, 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 besides the regulars who I all adore. But I never. Uh, the wedding was fun to see Jerry Jewell was fun. Oh, that's right. Jerry Jewell. Was great. Yeah. 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 Um, she was fun that day. Um, and Mark, Mark uh, Povellina, what's Mark, his last name? Mark Povinelli. Mark Povinelli was in season two. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. He's yeah, another one like Ted Lance who literally just jumped in and just said, yes, I'll do it. Absolutely. And just came and played with us all day. It was great. Yeah, fantastic. Bruce, Bruce Valanti to be my favorite because uh, like I just, we got to play. Go can I just say one thing? I yeah. I used to I used in the five years that we did this and had that I we've been together. I used to think, who in the hell is going? Like you said, Chuck or Charlie, whoever that was. You come to set and you don't know who they are until you get there and you recognize people. But um, I, I I often wondered. I was worried that uh, Michael was having to, you know, expend his body parts uh, <laughs> in in West Hollywood, just you know, lining them up and giving out, well, you know, and let's treat. not rule that out. That may have happened. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, no, and, and I, I'm, 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 I'm quiet about it. I'm proud okay. of my work. Yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> but well, it got us got a. Chuck got a blowjob from Bruce Valanche in my bed. In my bed. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. I'm yeah. totally shocked. We are getting inside scoop here, boys and girls. And, <laughs> no, Charlie, we had a lot of people in this final season here. Charlie, what was your favorite? To, did you get to go to the set much or talk about? Oh, yeah. No, I, like I definitely. Yeah, no, I was, I was on set every day, though, you know, um, kind of sometimes largely absent because, you know, we were, we were running around or, you know, securing food or doing stuff like that. But um, I had worked with Bruce and I had worked with Judy before, um, but I, I not, not to, you know, um, embarrass anyone on the phone. The two people I was actually mostly starstruck were Terry Ray and, and Ann Walker, because I had, of, of course, seen Sorted Lives and, and had met Anne a few times um, doing other shows at her her uh, radio station. But Terry Ray 
stood out so vividly in my mind from a short he, he wrote um, and starred in called Gadar, which oh, played awesome. at at Outfest. That's right. I was even um, involved a little bit in that Gadar yeah, wonderful thing. And, yeah, and I was I was in a short film that played in the same block that you know Gadar played, and and it it came on, and I thought, and I'm I'm a trained as a director and produce because I get asked, but. When I saw Gator, I was like, shit, this is the movie that I want to direct, you know. And then yeah, met Terry, yeah. and we were at a few parties. Right. And then when Michael was like, hey, you know, come on and help out with the show, I was I was like, I finally get to work with Terry Ray. Um, oh, my gosh. So, and then, sweet. Thank you. Yes, of course. And then Anne just does so much work for the LGBTQ community. And um, yes. so, so meeting her was like doubling down on – meeting a star you know here's this um, brilliant actor mixed with just uh, a great humanitarian so it was it was you know I mean ev- every and, and I had watched the show so even you know meeting Chuck and and Leo and I knew Michael already so sorry Michael I wasn't I've <laughs> <laughs> been starstruck uh, no, no but um but we um no uh it was every day was was a familiar face, but also everybody was so kind. You know, you always, when you're casting something, whether you're a director or a co-star or a producer, you always are like, I don't want this person to be a nightmare because then I can't appreciate their work. And that's one of the, one of the dangers of working in this industry is that sometimes when you meet your hero, they are unpleasant and you think, Oh, well that I wish I could have taken that experience back, but not, not with, not with, you know, our experiences, or at least my experiences. That's well, my whole idea... I want to build on whole... that. I want to build... Oops, yeah. mm-hmm. Sorry, Anne. I want to build on no, what Charlie okay. um, just said and what you said earlier, and I love the community that you've all created supporting each other there in Los Angeles. I mean, you guys have worked with some great friends on this show, Michael Hennessy, Garrett Miller, Mel England, Sheena Metal, David Zimmerman, Scott Travis, Michael, talk about how important it is to have all these people in the background that you can call upon to support each other and the community you guys have kind of created to make these things happen. Right. Well, this is really uh, simple. because The truth is, and Chuck mentioned this earlier, uh, you know, because we're doing this on such a shoestring budget and because – uh, you know, nobody's going to get rich off of any of this. Um, for me, the the real point of it was ultimately just to have a great time. Uh, because if you know, if we were if we weren't making any money and we were mo- all miserable, then it really would have just sucked. <laughs> so, but the point is, like, I came to work every day, like every no matter how stressed I was, and I and I get pretty stressed. But no matter how stressed I was, I always there wasn't one day when I didn't have a gloriously joy-filled, fun time with these people. And so, you know, it 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 quickly became very important to have people around you who were just good people, who were who were fun and who were interesting and who liked to play, and you know, you know, who weren't being divas and all that stuff. And every single person uh, was great, and I had fun every single day and i think that that actually comes across on the camera you know mm-hmm. it, it does part of what i actually i love the show and, and i think part of what i love about it is that i can watch it and i can see the the fun that everybody's having i can see the joy in all of it and i and hopefully i think you know the viewers can as well i definitely agree with that i think that's very true 
Well, guys, we only have about 10 to 12 minutes each, so I want to get some final thoughts on these characters. Uh, get into the final season here. Michael, we have Carlos' character getting to be what he's kind of always wanted to be in this final season, but he still has some of the same old problems that beset him all the time. What are you going to miss the most about uh, Carlos? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, he's, he's sort of like uh, my alter ego now. And, uh, and so I'm going to uh, miss uh, – I'm going to miss Carlo having those sort of adventures with those other characters. Does that make sense? Um, Sure. I am. I, I think of you know Anna and Al and you know and Aunt Connie and Alfonso. I think of those characters as family, uh, and so I you know I'm definitely gonna I'm I'm definitely gonna miss all of those characters. But I also feel like uh, I, I do honestly have to say that I I feel like we sent Carlo off in sort of the best way possible. Um, I really enjoyed uh, sending him off the way we did and sending the show off the way we did, and I'm, I, I feel very complete with it. Good. I love yeah. that. I'm glad. I agree, and yeah. I don't want to give away too much, but I do love you coming out of the subway in New York in the final season. Let's move on right. to Anne here. Anne, you're not in the most happy place in the, fin- for the final season here, but like Terry said, there was some powerhouse Akbar and Kiki again, these final scenes, and what are you going to miss most about her? Well, I think that in the final scenes, Kiki, and, and I think we sort of had a teeny little bit of an arc about her caring more about other people. I think having Randy come in, uh, you know, and as a love interest, I think that's what she was really missing, you know. Kiki was missing all that. And having had him... You know, knowing a little bit of love, it may have not been too long, but, um, you know, she had a little bit knowing that, you know, it, she can love again, you know, and, and she's going to be okay, I think. She'll take a while, but hopefully she can get out and go do a play in a dinner theater <laughs> People <laughs> where people really enjoy her for who she was. She'll be doing Hello, Dolly. Yes, yes, as a matter of fact, even though poor Kiki doesn't sing all that well. (laughs) Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because she's a big TV star. Right, right, right. There you go. They can overlook it. All right, Terry, talk about saying goodbye to James. How do you think uh, he would have changed from here on out now that he's getting a little action and kind of maybe a little happy here? (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so happy he got some action. It was great. (laughs) Um, I think James, uh, you know, I feel like he has grown a teeny tiny bit and that he he has appreciated uh, the friends that he does have. Because even though he's so self-centered, he does have friends. And, and I think that, um, that there's a scene here at the end in his last season that I, 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 he goes, I give um, Carlo a ride. And He's really trying his best, redeeming, and I'm going to miss him. I'm going to – I wish that, you know, he could make out with, with Alfonso some more. I mean, that would be great. But, um, but what I just want to say, I didn't know – I did not know that Michael and Chuck had our birthday twins because Anne and I are birthday twins. So yes, that's right. Oh, that. Our birthday oh, that. is next Tuesday. 
<coughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So we have a week from tomorrow. Share birthdays. Yeah. And oh and I'm God. a birthday twin. I'm a birthday twin with Liza Minnelli. So if you all are birthday <laughs> twins and you get to work with your birthday twin, just imagine what's on my horizon. Liza, all right. <laughs> lots of vodka. <laughs> yeah, lots of vodka. I like it. <laughs> and Charlie, after seeing this last season play out, what's one of your funnest memories of the the final season here? And did you enjoy the very final scene? as much as I did. I think people who haven't seen it yet are going to laugh their little asses off. Um, I don't know what, well, I, I know what I'll miss. I know what I'll miss the most. And, and that honestly is, is working, working with Michael. Yes, Michael, you are a genius on a shoestring and you can rally the troops and, and you, you, I have seen you stressed. Um, but it's all <laughs> been, it's all been a joy. I mean, and, and, and the, the cast and the crew and, and working with Tom, you know, sometimes when when I when I produce for another director, I'm I'm kind of a little bit skeptical. But the minute I saw Tom work with the actors, I'm like, oh, I, I the, he 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 implicitly uh, knows what he's doing, and and you know this, you know, we're in good hands. But I will tell you that last scene. <clears throat> this is not a spoiler alert, but um, lamps th- those lamps. It was not fun to shoot as much eye candy as was in that scene. Uh, Scott Travis and I had to on a, on a cue, like turn this lamp on um, or plug it in. And there was a one second delay. So we, it was, it was just pure hell to uh, line it up because the minute we plugged in the light, another person lit up the bedroom because, you know, no, no, real lamp ever lights a scene in a, in a movie. It's always lit by other stuff. So that was not a fun scene to shoot, but it was Michael, (laughs) if I'm wrong, it was our actual final, final, final shot, right? That was like the very last, it was the the last, the last scene of the show was in fact the last scene that we shot. Yes. Correct. So that, that made it all, made it all worth it. Nice. Mm. All right, guys, we have five minutes left. I want you all to give me your social media and what projects we might be able to find yet coming up here. Uh, Anne? Um, you can find me on Facebook at, for, at Ann Walker. And then um, my Twitter account is The Ann Walker Show. What, the Ann Walker Show at, what is it? How, how do we end Twitter? How does Twitter yeah, end? Yeah, Ann Walker at, Show. At, at the it. Ann Walker Show. At <laughs> Ann Walker Show. No, it's not the. It's at Ann Walker Show. Yeah, right. that's it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm, I'm usually yeah, screaming no, and carrying on I about. You, and I, I love your carrying on. I get so much joy out of it. Well, I miss my radio on. show when I was able to do that uh, once a week, but... Um, Anyway, I'd probably be in an institution right now. <laughs> Made myself crazy over <laughs> screaming and carrying on about asshole Trump. But um, <laughs> anyway, but thank you for being such a, a great support, Scott. We really appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, true. Well, you know, you're one of my favorite people on the planet, Anne. If you ever want to get back on the radio, I have a show waiting for you here. I'll put you on okay. any day of the week. I'll produce your show. All right, honey. You just let thank me you know. so much. I appreciate that. No problem. Um, Terry, where can everyone find you? 
you can find my play Electricity, uh, electricityoftheplay.com, which I'm doing in Palm Springs, and we're going to New York, uh, which is super exciting. And you can find me on Facebook or I'm uh, on Twitter at GadarGun. But, um, and another new project is Michael Vaccaro and I just wrote a new web series together. So we're excited about that. Yes, we did. So. Wow. Okay. Good. Yeah, so Fantastic. stuff happening in the future. And also Charlie, what about you? What are you working on? Uh, well, I, I've relocated to uh, San Francisco where I, where I studied film originally. And um, so that's why I missed the big premiere. I was really bummed. I couldn't, couldn't make it down there. Um, there is a, uh, there's a, a film, though, called The Ghosts of Lace Manor, written by um, a gentleman named Tyler St. Mark. And it is going to, uh, when it gets funded, it's a, it's a, it's an homage to the uh, 60s, like Ghost and Mr. Chicken type of uh, oh. Oh. spook oh, house fun. film where a, a guy who is engaged to a woman inherits a house and there are three dead ants, all played by men, um, uh, living, air quotes, living in the house. And he falls in love with the contractor who's male who comes to... Um, to uh, fix the place up. And it's gotten some really good rejection letters. from. from and I, no, I, say that, oh. I, I say that because like, you know, big production companies have said, this is a great idea. We don't know what to do with the budget this small. And the budget is $2 million. And I'm thinking, I don't know what to do with the budget that big. But um, so it's, it's been mm-hmm. a, a steep <laughs> learning curve um, for me. But that's, that's kind of what I've put my my heart and soul behind the past um, year. So, and I'm not on, I am I'm, I'm on social media, but there's nothing exciting um, on, <laughs> on my page. I mean, nobody reaches out to me except to um, complain about stuff. So that's it. Uh, and Chuck, remind us one more time, your movie tied to your social media since I still have you on. Sure. Uh, the, my movie is called still here. I am on Facebook at C Sakula, C S A C U L L A. Uh, same with Instagram. Um, also, still here a short film is on Facebook, and still here a short film on Instagram and on uh, Twitter. I'm at Chuck Sakula, and I'm all I'm I'm hooked. I'm linked all together. So I'm, I've got find. another call right. coming in. I hate to interrupt, but I'm going to hang up. And I tell you, I love you guys very much. Love you. We, we love you. Okay, too. we'll talk Thanks to you later. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, Michael Vaccaro, thank you so yes. much for the series. Um, I appreciate it immensely. I'm so happy to hear you have this with Terry. But give everyone your social and uh, what other projects you have coming besides up with Terry. Gotcha. Uh, so, um, of course, on Facebook, Michael Vaccaro on Facebook, and also on uh, Twitter at Michael Vaccaro, and also Michael Vaccaro on Instagram. Uh, let's see. You can uh, uh, Bronx SIU, which is a series that I am in. I play a recurring character, and that's on Amazon Prime. Bronx SIU, which stands for Special Investigation Unit. Uh, also, there's an app called Yarn, Y-A-R-N, uh, and uh, I'm on a series there called The Ascension, which I play a, a cult leader, which I'm very excited about. And uh, and uh, working Perfect. on this hopefully soon working on this new uh, web series with Terry Ray, and I do have some news. I'm going to make an announcement right now at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. As of today, in fact, I just got the offer. No one knows about this yet, uh, but Child of the 70s will soon be seen on uh, Roku. 
Nice. Oh, great. Woo-hoo. So hey, you can find Child of the 70s on our our official website, which is the official childofthe70s.com. And we're also on YouTube, of course, and we're also on Deku, which is great gay programming, D-E-K-K-O-O. And, uh, and pretty soon we will be on Roku as well. Fantastic. Great. Amazing. Great. Well, guys, we've been talking for the last hour with the amazing cast crew and child of the 70s. Their final season is on YouTube right now. I recommend it highly to you. Watch it from the beginning if you can because there are some really great story arcs. I want to give a big shout-out and thank you to Michael Vaccaro, to Terry Ray, to Chuck Sakula, and to Charlie Vaughn, and, of course, to the inimitable Ann Walker who is with us. Guys, stay on the line for me. We're going to play out with my next guest. He has new music. This is Z Machine, Boys in the Band. You're listening to the Left of Straight Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. Just leave your conscience here at the door We'll be giving you your number Won't ask for your name Cause you won't need one around here anymore Everybody's looking happy Everybody wants a place When we get lonely We can drink it away And forget we're growing older Nothing's gone the way that you planned but I learned to get by, so I don't need your help I got everything I'm needing all by myself Feeling better than anything that I've ever felt Playing with the boys in the band Boys in the band He's over and he's adored Giving you life and death and everything more But when you get your peace and quiet No love and no fame It's when you start feeling so insecure But everybody wants to know you When you're always giving face Who could deny you when you're leather and lace Doing what your daddy told you Laying in the palm of his hand Well, I don't mean to be rude But I don't need your help I got everything I'm needing all by myself Feeling better than anything that I've ever felt Playing with the boys in the band Boys in the band
all by myself Feeling better than any love that I've ever felt Playing the boys in the band The boys in the band guys we are back that was my next guest uh z machine boys in the band just released i'm so excited to have him on the show and be able to share it with y'all born joe bissell he was a struggling singer songwriter who made his way to new york and found himself not living his dreams but starting a nightmare he didn't he did end up creating some beautiful music out of the experience it led him back to san francisco Kind of a really bad drug-fueled spiral, but his reinvention and rising as the newly minted Z-Machine, he is soaring behind the greatest dreams we've been seeing. His first EP got him noticed and praised by many, including Billboard magazine. His latest music continues that journey. I can't wait to talk to him all about it. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, Z-Machine himself, Mr. Joe Bissell. Joe, how you doing today, my friend? Wow, after that intro, I'm like, who is this guy? I want to hear about him. I'm doing I'm doing really good. How are you? I am good. He is pretty damn cool, and I am glad to have him on. Um, I told you for a second off air, I have to admit, uh, I do it to all my new artists I've had on the show. I'm so not the music person. I honestly really only listen to music while I'm in the car and would be the worst contestant of all time on Name That Tune. But uh, I love your music. You are absolutely fantastic, my friend. Thank you for coming to the show. Honestly, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to be here. And uh, I, you know, I'm, you know, just, just want to just do it for the fans, you know? There you go. Well, yeah. I heard about you from a friend, and I started immediately following you on social media and doing oh, this talking who is, who that is I the tend friend? to do. Um, it was actually my friend Barry, and I'm not sure um, – I kind of remember huh. what his Instagram name is. But he was okay. following you and said, I need to listen to you, um, and I need to have you on my show. And so I started stalking on social media and, sure enough, fell in love myself here. So you have a great story and some fantastic new music. I always like to start with new guests, though, by doing a little background. Tell me about where you grew up and what kind of kid were you and what got you interested in music. All right, cool. First off, thank you, Barry. Um, so I, uh, my background story, I, the, the question, uh, where are you from, has always been really hard for me to answer because, like, I don't really, like, where do you consider from? Because I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but I haven't lived back in Wisconsin since like elementary school. So I actually moved out to um, Beijing when I was nine because my dad got a job over there. He was the head of this foreign exchange high school program. So I got, I had like intense culture shock for like, like nine years out there. Um, And I had, um, yeah, no, I, I've kind of been all over the the freaking place. Um, 
the music program at my international school over there was like exceptional. Like I, I, I've never really heard of many other high schools that have any program quite like this. Um, they were, and the, the teacher out there like, believed in me a lot and he gave me like a lot of kind of opportunities to uh, learn all these different instruments to uh, learn how to play in like band dynamics um, how to uh, you know theory and like arranging and stuff like that and like we would even have like concerts for all the bands at our school that we, we would happen a couple times a year so I got a lot I feel like I got a lot more uh, practice than most like American public school kids would be able to um, I Beijing oh, fame going on. The yeah, okay, I, was, I, was, I was I was Beijing expat famous. I promise you that. <laughs> um, so I, I actually I was mostly a guitar player. I mean, I still am a guitar player, but for most of high school, I was convinced that I was going to be like this. I, I basically wanted to be like Jimmy Page, uh, and I had the hair to match <laughs> too. Like I I did not cut my hair all throughout high school um, because. I, you know, I just, it was, I don't know, it, it was the 2000s. I, I did crazy things. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but I, uh, over time, I, I there was this one, t- uh, t- I don't know if it was a talent show, but there was one, but it was a contest, uh, and I did win. But I sang, like, I really, like, sang, sang for the first time, and people really responded well to it. Um, and I found myself over the course of that year, I actually, I had auditioned to, uh, for at Berkeley College of Music as a guitar player, and I didn't get in, and I was honestly crushed. So I, I went to a different school for guitar, um, and over the course of that year, I sort of like found my my singing voice a lot stronger. Um, I started to like try more things and push myself. So I auditioned again for Berkeley the next year as a singer, and I actually got in that year. Um, I kind I sort of consider that time at, at Berkeley like where I basically became more the foundation for the person that I became definitely started there, whether it's musically uh, as a person, you know, with, you know, my sexuality and like gender identity, um, vocally, the friends I made, you know, the, the drugs I did. Um, it all kind of stemmed <laughs> from there. Also, I, I don't know how much, how in depth of a background you want. I'm just kind of going step by step here. Um, but uh, from there, I, I, I had this, one gig that happened, I'd say every, every two, every other Friday or so for like three years, this one local gay club at, in Boston, like right near Fenway Park called Machine, um, every Friday they would have an 18 and up night. Uh, so, but in order to do that legally, they had to have a live act performing. So my friend got a group of us together and we became like the house band there. Um, and our, na- our band name was Z because that's sort of like a, a gender neutral pronoun and we kind of embraced, you know, just like the gender fluidity of like what we were doing and how we presented ourselves. Um, and as all of us kind of dispersed across uh, our, you know, respective places after school, I wanted to kind of carry that legacy on. So I took Z, I, which was then spelled Z-H-E, which no one could freaking read when you saw it. Uh, I simplified <laughs> it. I simplified it to Z-E-E. I took the machine part of that. Uh, and it just, I don't know, something about it felt right. Because, um, I, I, I don't know, I just, after all this shit, I, I still keep going uh, like a machine. No, I love um, 
there, and there, and there's, so, there's so much more after that. I, I don't know if you, if at any point you want me to like, like stop and, and like, you know, give you a moment. That's to a good start. I'll get some other questions in and we'll get some more yeah, there. Yeah, I love, I love big answers. I love Berkeley um, school of music. I, uh, yeah. my, one of my buddies, Dennis Drummond from the area here in Northeast Ohio went there. He okay. actually went on to be on the voice. But of course, he wasn't oh, nice. a singer. He's a more of a really good guitar player. But uh, yeah, wasn't really a singer, so didn't make it too far in the voice. But Berkeley has I mean, some amazing yeah. history out of it. It's a great school. That they do. Apparently, the shorter you stay there, the more likely you are to be famous, too. So. <laughs> True that. I mean, if, if, if John Mayer's one semester track record is any indicator. There you go. Now, talk about coming out. When did you first come out to yourself? Um, what was that like? And then when did you start huh. coming out to others? Okay. You know, it's weird. I haven't really talked about, like, my quote-unquote coming out process or, you know, story in a while because, um, to be honest, I feel as though my coming out story and my, my queer experience is incredibly uh, privileged, and I feel really lucky to have had the experience that I did. Um, I, I, you know, I remember there was a time in my life where I felt not necessarily like I wasn't like I'm straight, but it was more like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm into women. Sure. But I feel like at the time it was sort of just like, I'm young and anything kind of gets me going. Um, but I do remember <laughs> it was, it was sort of like a process, like over time throughout, I'd say junior high, I kind of started to like gradually gravitate more, uh, towards, you know, dudes, uh, as it were, I, I did the whole, the whole, you know, bisexual dance too. Um, and it wasn't, and it's right. not that I wasn't, it's, it's just that I was, you know, I was not a very sexual person or, you know, very connected to, to that part of me throughout most of high school. Um, I, I, I feel almost like I'm, I'm not, I feel almost embarrassed kind of talking about the coming out experience because everyone has these like really like moving stories and experiences, um, and like have 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 had to you know grow and like persevere through all this stuff. And I come from an extremely liberal family. I never went to church as a kid. Um, I've always lived in large liberal cities all my life. So I've I've basically been like accepted everywhere I've gone. And so I feel like, uh, you know, I, I sort of came to to terms that I was like I was a gay man around you know 17 or 18. Um, and I feel like over the, the years, it's been my duty to, you know, learn as much as I can uh, with people who have had stories that were harder than mine um, and use my position of, you know, uh, privilege and I guess my unbridled uh, self-acceptance, you know, at least to, to show, you know, what, you know, you, you could be like, I suppose, because... I haven't really had to struggle all that much. So I'm, I, I've, I've mostly been like an, uh, a listener and like a learner. And, you know, if, if, if I can, you know, be some sort of inspiration for how to love yourself, then, you know, that's, that's all I can really ask. I love that, though, because I think we need to have both sides of it because there are a lot of painful coming out stories, but there are some uh, that yeah. have no problem whatsoever, and you have to see both sides, and we always hope for the latter, and every once in a while you'll get the former, but it's, I think it's important to share both sides, so there's oh, nothing yeah, wrong absolutely. with that at all. Yeah, yeah I, I, I've, been, um, so, I've, I've been very, like, 
I mean, I don't want to sound like like a dick, like I'm like big headed, but like I very much <laughs> love, I, I fucking love being like a queer man. Like I would not be straight if I had the choice. I think it make it makes me feel like a little bit of like a superhero. So I, I feel like if nice. I can, you know, I know that I know there are a lot of people who don't feel the same. So if I can, you know, be some sort of like, hey, this is what you could be like, you know. And I don't know if that's what you want. <laughs> you know, I love it's, that. it's an option. It's an option. There you go. Let's get the ugly stuff out of the way first. What brought yeah. you to New York, oh, yeah. and how did that experience lead to the trouble uh, yeah. that you ended up facing? I, I love that you like potentially pretty devastating ending. Oh, I love how like in the intro you were like coming in hot with this. I was like, oh, okay, we're gonna. So I guess we're going into that, which is totally fine. I just I've never been introed quite like that. I've never really been introed either, so. Um, all right. So, so right out of a school in Boston, it's kind of like people either went to Los Angeles or they went to New York because those are sort of like the two main hubs of where the business is. And even though it's more okay. focused in Los Angeles, that was too, right. that was a bit too big of a move, like to go all the way across the country, um, to do this. And at the time, all the people that I would work with or like my band members, they were all moving to New York, you know, and it was just basically a four hour drive. Um, I was really, yeah, yeah, I was really just, I love New York now. It's probably my favorite city in the world. But at the time, I did not know what I was getting into. I was not prepared for, you know, the magnitude of how hard I was going to have to hit the ground running. Um, I was experiencing a lot of, like, vocal issues that were really getting me down at the time. And I actually ended up having uh, vocal cord surgery later that year. Uh, So this is something I was Mm. fighting through my entire time uh, in New York. But I, I, I was... I, it was hard to find work. Once I did find work, I was uh, let go pretty quickly. And so I just kind of started to spiral and lose a lot of hope. I put out, I put out one song uh, during my time there. And I, you know, it's, I'm, I, I still, you know, look back fondly on that. And I had a lot of great experiences and I met a lot of really good people, but um, I was staying in a room that was about nine by six feet and with no windows. Yeah. And with a mattress on the floor, and I was paying six hundred a month for that, and I was just you know oh spending all these nights like getting like getting crossfaded like in in like laying there crying and like calling my mom being like I want to kill myself. Um, mm. So I and at that point I, uh, I I I basically gave up. New York had crushed me. Um, I played I had played a couple shows, but I like I just did not feel like I had the emotional endurance to keep going, and I was kind of like I I. I and I was like, you know, I was like 24, and I thought, like, this is the end. Well, I did everything I could. <laughs> but, my, but my parents at the time, they had left Beijing, and they were living in San Francisco. Uh, and they were like, come over and stay with us for a while while you get back up on your feet. I was like, okay, okay, that's a good idea. Um, uh, and that's where things really started to get bad. <laughs> um, I, hmm. I was basically... I, I spent, you know, four months kind of waffling around, like not really making any sort of progress whatsoever. And then, but I was just depressed all, all the time, uh, seeking, you know, validation in all the wrong ways. And then I eventually found out that, you know what, takes away your like depression really quickly, meth. Um, and you know what, and you know what's all over <laughs> San Francisco, meth. Um, there so, you go. And it, so it was just, it was just, and I and I was very. I have a very addictive personality. Um, I anything that kind of makes me feel like you know good instantly. Like I'm I I want it and I want it until there's none left and then I want more. 
Right. So, yeah, so uh, that went on for, like, I'd say almost all of 2015. Um, and I honestly, if I had not kind of pulled myself out of that when I had, I don't know that I would be talking to you now, either either for one reason or another. But um, I'm really lucky that I had a lot of good people in my life um, surrounding me. I'm I'm glad that I had uh, people, you know, in, encouraging me. And then I owed, honestly, I owed it to myself, and I guess you know, to my talent, to to fucking pull through this because, um, God damn it, I I uh, I'm better than that. Good for you. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yes, good you, for me. You're able to do that. Well, you, well, you need to have that. You need to kind of, if if we're not praising, uh, mm-hmm. it's like it's like. RuPaul says, and you've even quoted RuPaul in a song before, but if you can't oh, love yeah. yourself, how are you going to love somebody else, right? Yeah. So I, mean, honestly, I think, like, I think that's like, exactly right. Yeah, and I've learned that, like, to, to pull yourself out of that kind of thing, uh, nothing is going – like, you, you can't do it for someone else. Or, or even, like, you can't even do it for your career. Like, oh, I need to do this because, like, people want the music. Because, like, no one was clamoring for the music. Or I need to do this so, you know, my – you know, boyfriend will get back together with me. It's like, no, you're not. You need to do it because you want to do it for you and you want to live and you want your life back. Right. And, well, I, and yeah. I also, I've also learned in my, you know, I, I'm, I'm breaking some of my outpatient treatment rules where they do not encourage you to, to use you statements. They encourage you to use I statements because you don't want to project your point of view on someone else. But uh, fuck it. I'm not in that anymore. I'm on radio. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I love it. I, I want you to talk about your music during that time, too, because you were still basically okay. writing and involving over this entire period. And your first EP does have a pretty interesting mix of styles on it. Describe what it was like writing songs during that EP and during that time. Okay, okay. So, um, this, is, this, is, this is what I came here to do. Okay. Um, so I, the EP is four songs written over the court. Well, I'm trying to think of when it was written. One of the songs I wrote back in New York and I never, and I, and I basically kind of had it like in the back of my mind for like three years until the EP came out. Um, but the other three, I wrote them all, uh, within a year, basically. Like I wrote them all in 20, all in like late 2016. Um, the EP didn't come out until early 2018. Um, I, I kind of like to think of it, it, it's almost like a mini concept album. Uh, sonically, it's, it's a lot of um, driving kind of pop rock electronic funk influences, I would say. Um, and, and, you know, if you really try to like push it, there's, there, it, it kind of tells a story. Like the first song is sort of like embracing the darkness. The second one is sort of about this sort of half-assed infidelity uh, uh, and, like, these, this guy who's, like, full of excuses in a relationship, which is what I found a lot of, you know, the drug use brought out in me. I would, like, you know, misbehave and then justify it later. Um, and then the third, the third track, which is the title track, which is uh, – sorry, I didn't even say The name of the EP is Brain Chemistry. One word. I don't know why. It just looked cool. Um, but it, it kind of goes into like you know sort of queer history and like historical point. I, I I named check uh, Stonewall and say at the time I said it was 48 years ago. So a little time has passed. So you know I'm dating myself a little bit. But um, 
that one actually seemed to get like a lot more buzz on Billboard than I was expecting. But it was very, um, it you know, that that was sort of like my political song over like this electro funk beat. And then running on empty, which was the the, the first song I wrote, but it's the last song of the record, was kind of like my my reconciliation. Uh, uh, come come to terms. It's it's in a way it's kind of like my apology up front to whoever is going to have to deal with my baggage as I work on myself. And fun fact, I, I and I don't even know if he knows this. I was definitely very high when I recorded those vocals. So sometimes it's a little hard to listen back to it, um, knowing like uh, what I was doing. But uh, but honestly, like gotcha. it sounds it sounds fucking good though. So like whatever. <laughs> it does. Um, it does. Talk about the decision to be an out and proud artist. Was there ever a question in your mind, or was that not even? Um, not even that wasn't really a decision. It wasn't a decision. Like it's just kind of like to to do anything else. I feel. Let me, I'm trying to think of how to, how I should how I should phrase this. Um, to not be would just be lying. Um, even if it wasn't like, oh, I'm not hiding anything, but I'm just not making it a part of me. Um. I feel like that's uh, I don't I don't like it when artists do that. Like it, it feels like a little right. bit of a cop out. Um, I feel like visibility is incredibly important, even though I know that there are you know uh, plenty of uh, white gay pop singer songwriters out there. I wanted to try to approach uh, that uh, aspect of pop music uh, from a little bit of a different angle. I feel like. I was like, if I'm going to do this, you know, gay singer thing, and it's not that, it, you know, you have to be like a gay singer. Like, I'm just a singer. But if I'm going to be visible like this, I want to try and, you know, broach topics that not a lot of uh, queer artists do. Um, I want Sonically, I want to, like, infuse elements of music that I don't feel like many um, other queer artists uh, venture into. Um, so I was like, if, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be the best version of this that I possibly fucking can. Um, and while I, you know, I, I don't think it's for me to say if it's the best version, it's the version that I'm very happy with. Um, people have, you know, have reached out saying like, whole, like shit, like this, this hit home. And when I, and when I hear these kinds of things, I sort of feel like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, this is what I'm like supposed to be doing. And uh, it, it, I don't know, it feels good, man. It, it's like I, I nice. there, there really wasn't any 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 option except to 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 be me. I it's kind of it. like an it's sort of like an elevated version of me, I guess. There you go. Uh, how would you describe your voice? I love the range of it. Um, I have to admit, oh. yesterday's relatively bland halftime show aside. I love the range and style of Adam Levine, and you just remind me of a ah. much cooler and hipper version of him with a bigger top range. Uh, talk about your well, voice a bit. You. It's absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. I've been called a big top on air now. Cool. Um, uh, I, I think uh, – <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, what's, what's a fucking, you know, queer show without some, you know, easy top or bottom joke? Anyway. Um, exactly. I, I've, I've been through a huge struggle with my voice, to be honest. Like, I – from around my last year at Berkeley, which was 2012, even up until now, um, I did not get a lot of very formal training throughout a period of time where I was singing very, very hard into my voice, which is most of my time at college. Like I basically wanted to be Adam Lambert. Um, Cause he is like gotcha. one of my, one of my greats basically. Um, 
but you know, if you if your voice just does not naturally have that kind of range, which is just like superhuman, to push it <laughs> to try to have that range, you're really uh, like that. That comes back to you, and it did. And I ended up getting uh, I had a polyp on my vocal cord back in 2013 that I had to get removed mm. um, right at the end of my time in New York. Um, and then lately, I've basically just kind of been coming to terms with the fact that, like, I am very much a baritone, naturally, um, and that I shouldn't, rather than, I, my voice teacher was, was telling me, like, just sing with the voice you have. Don't try to force your voice into a sound. Let the sound just happen. And so, you know, while I do have, you know, a, a pronounced top, you know, range and, like, a head voice that extends, uh, it, I, you know, pretty far but like also not as as far as I used to push it um I'm, I'm learning to you know use 100% of the of the voice I naturally have rather than try to hyperextend myself because I think it sounds impressive uh or because I think it's what people want to hear because um in the end it's about serving the music the best so I've I've really started to kind of embrace my mid range which actually I think in the new song I definitely keep it a lot lower than I think some of the songs on the EP did, um, and it right. feels and it's a lot e- and it's a lot easier to sing too, because <laughs> I, I do, when I'm writing I'm not often really thinking about like shit how am I gonna be able to pull this off live and hey most of the time <laughs> I don't, um, right. but uh, well I mean it sounds okay but it's it's also like I'm I don't have that in mind sometimes I have to lower the key, um, but I I think I, I'm coming to a place with my voice right now that feels a lot more like adult about it like back at school i would have all my friends be like uh, sing a high note and be like, ah! um and <laughs> you know time after time when you're just like shrieking high notes after a night of drinking you're gonna hurt yourself and i did and like i still deal with a lot of like muscle tension problems in my neck but you know what? i just i just have to work with it because the more i stress about it like the worse it gets and honestly it always seems to come together when it matters so I feel like a lot of it's just in my head. Gotcha. Um, now you yeah. talked about Adam Sorry, Lambert. I know that's um, a lot to throw. Any, I know that's a lot to throw at you at once. <laughs> no, that's good. I like it. I like it. Um, there you you talked about Adam Lambert a bit. Um, talk about any other influence you had, and who do you like to listen to now? Uh, other influences I have. Um, okay, Adam. Actually, ooh, I actually met Adam a few months ago for the first time, and I freaked the fuck out. Um, I really? musically, like, I think my my number one of all time is probably Jeff Buckley. Um, even though I don't, I don't feel like my voice is like super similar to his. He he kind of like showed, you know, really showed me new ways that I could, I could use it, um, which also probably led to some vocal damage. But whatever. <laughs> um, I I really am like these days like sonically and like writing wise I'm very influenced by like the 1975 I think like when they are on fire like there's like no band that's better um, I really have I love like Annie Lennox um, a lot of like Michael Jackson uh, Prince because I every anytime I would do karaoke I would sing Prince songs. Um, I think who else I've listened to lately. Um, I really think uh, Troy Sivan, while he's, I feel like it's a bit of a cliche answer. It's like, what, you know, queer artists are you listening to? But I think he's doing the, uh, I think he's, you know, packaging himself while staying visible and like keeping his sound creative. I think he's, he's 
got all the pieces together. And I really think like that's impressive of his. And the songs are all great. So um, right, right. And who who am I listening to late? I, I honestly I feel like I might need to open up like my Spotify to see my most like recent listens to. Um, <laughs> we don't have. But it all very, That's okay. Okay, yeah. Well, there there's just kind of a quick rundown of like uh, kind of my early influences and uh, and now. Although honestly, to, from day one, I wanted to be like a rock god, like a classic rock god. <laughs> Love it. And that that That's that changed awesome. a little bit, but you know. All right, well, let's take a quick break. I want to go into the new music. We're going to take a break right. and play Power Back, one of your new songs. Oh. Uh, when we come back, we're talking to Z Machine, released some amazing new music this weekend. You're listening to Left of Straight Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. All right, so this has not been released yet, so here you go. Ooh, there we go. We're getting a preview. Yeah, I know. You're, girl. You're, hearing, you're hearing it for, here first. Give me the power back. Another smiling face gone to waste, playing with fire now. Giving too much to feel the heat. So close your eyes, no surprise, time ain't no stranger now. So give me the power back before it's gone forever. And if the feeling that you're feeling start to show, pray to God you remember it. Holding on till you reach the end Cause when you're like it, everybody knows Ooh, this ain't a love song, baby We don't need another one of those Give me back the control And I'll be blowing your mind I bet your life I'll be taking no prisoners anymore So don't waste my time Why you gotta complain All the drama ain't free When the music you make out you feel I'm getting fever dreams Saying things I don't believe in now But my reflection looks alright I guess as long as you got the view They say that you need it There's no getting the power back Until the show is over And if the feeling that you're feeling Start to show Pray to God you remember them Holding on till you reach the end Cause when you're lying, everybody knows Ooh, this ain't a heartbreak, baby We've already heard how it goes Give me back the control And I'll be blowing your mind I bet your life I'll be taking no prisoners anymore So don't waste my time Why you gotta complain? All the drama ain't free When the music you make out you feeling some type of way Just shut up Just shut up and be 
Congratulations, my friend. Thank you so much. It's been uh, it's, it was like the kind of the first thing I've done since the EP, and it was kind of like, I felt like I put so much of myself into just like into that like record that then to kind of like start it up all over again was like a little exhausting, but it's kind of like it's looking at it as like a fresh opportunity to completely rebrand. Like you get new photos, you feel nice and fancy. It's it's um I'm I'm really excited and rejuvenated and like now I'm I'm here in LA doing it, so it feels really real. Fantastic. Well talk about the songs yeah. a bit. Where do you write them? Or do you write quickly or does it kind of change the process change depending on the song or Talk about these it, songs. It, compl- it completely changes every every time. Um, these these two songs I did I did not write very quickly. Like when when I write on my own, I'm very particular and kind of methodical, and I I need to work on that because I need to like I just need to I need more content quicker. But you know I wrote these about a, actually about a year ago um, when I was still in San Francisco, and usually I just start with like a like a loop or a hook or something that kind of like a, a a vibe or a genre that sounds like new and interesting that makes me want, like if I record something that I want to keep listening to, I'm like, it's sort of like a choose your own ending uh, story and you get to write it. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, uh, la, 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 la. so these, yeah, these ones are almost like a year old. Um, I think I recorded them back in March of 2018. Um, but I've kind of, I have these two songs coming out. It's, I have there's Boys in the Band and then there's Power Back, which I get, which you just played. Um, and I sort of consider them like sibling songs um, because I didn't. I ended up going into both of the uh, these writing about. Um, they have sort of similar themes, and it's they're kind of about a breaking free of uh, things that like are inauthentic and just kind of like. Uh, kind of that whole theme of like sort of learning to love yourself again and uh, doing what's, mm-hmm. what's right for you rather than kind of, you know, selling out or, you know, doing what feels good in the moment. Um, and I think boys in the band is, is about a lot of, I hear a lot of, and I've experienced a lot of, uh, uh, you know, these stories where queer men, we aren't really taught how to, or we aren't taught that it's good to love ourselves. Um, and so we end up finding, you know, uh, joy or, you know, validation in a lot of places that I've found to be fairly unhealthy. Um, and so I found that the, the finding, you know, love from people who have your best interest in heart and like teach you to, to care about yourself is, is where is where it's at. And this is sort of like my emancipation from all that noise that I don't need. Uh, and I think, and then I don't know how much detail I want to get into power back until it comes out, but, um, it's basically like, it's, it's me being like, I'm not selling out. We'll see if that tune changes down the road, but, um, but yeah, no, it, it it has a similar sentiment about, you know, another, another part of my life, basically. 
Gotcha. Well, and I love your past music videos. Um, I love, oh, thank you. absolutely loved uh, Running Out Empty. Um, oh, yeah. What, oh, what's your funny... plans? Do you have any uh, music videos planned for the, either of these songs? Um, I am in talks with people. To It's very much like an idea of an idea of an idea right now. Because, you know, it's, you know there's trying to, to fund things and, you know, get, get people's schedules all together while still working on other music. It's just, it's, it's a timing right. and a money thing. But I, I have reached out to some very talented people who are, um, have expressed interest in working on visuals for these couple songs. Um, I, I, I find that the, the video process is not where I feel like most of my focus is in right now. I feel like it's actually creating gotcha. the music, but, um, I, I feel like definitely look out for some visual content for at the very least the next song. Um, I, I'm, it's, it's, it's a, videos are a lot of work, so I, I will tell you that. So shout yeah. out to Suleen and Greg, who worked on the Running on Empty and Dangerous videos, respectively, um, and for giving me very discounted rates for those. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, and that, that's the other thing. Like, for the quality of work I got, I, I vastly, I, I, I got a, such a good deal on both of those. And I feel like to, to put out quality work in, like, L.A., is, it's, it's, it's not cheap. It's doable, but it's not sure. cheap. Um, and I'm very yeah. much up and coming. So I feel like right now I want to make the best music I possibly can. Um, That's true. But I'm. But I. Do you but have I, much I, input I, into the videos? I mean, I love. Oh yeah. Do you actually? Is that your own graffiti you did on the Running on Empty? Oh okay. So so with Running on Empty, actually, I I really I really love that little video. I feel like it's it's um it's super honest, and that was all like a concept that I um had kind of cooked up in rehab actually. Um, except it actually ended up turning out way cooler than I than I had intended. I had the idea of going back to my old apartment building three years later. Um, And actually the girl who shot the video and edited it all was my roommate at the time in that building. Uh, So I flew into New York. I got my hair all dyed and everything for it. Um, And I was, I had this plan to do this graffiti, like, you know, set up this, this canvas and do this graffiti on top of the, the rooftop of the building, which I knew was also covered with graffiti. And I thought, and you could see, you know, like the Manhattan, uh, skyline from the distance. I was like, this is going to be so cool. It ended up being a huge blizzard that weekend, uh, the day before the shoot. And so we get there and it's just like covered with snow. And I'm like, you know what? This could not have been more perfect. <laughs> so it ended up being like, re- like I, I was sunburned and frostbitten, but completely worth it. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. And talk about live performing. Um, aspects of that do you like live performing are you looking i more do i oh actually so i i just announced this on um my uh facebook and instagram earlier uh but this is my first time i guess saying it verbalizing it to the world uh, i have a show my first los angeles show um is with is on thursday february 21st at the study in hollywood so if anyone is listening in socal um check out at Z Machine Music on Instagram for any ticket details. I have not played with like a full on band in about three years. So this is like very much kind of me hoping it's like riding a bike, you know, um, (laughs) 
but but you know I've I've had I've I did this kind of thing for years. Like this is what I do. Like I know I can do this. But it's it's kind of it's it's exciting. It's a little nerve wracking. Uh, I'm performing with uh, a bunch of other you know like queer friends of mine. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good time. Uh, I'm I'm getting all the tracks together for that. My I'm rehearsing on Thursday. Um, it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be good. Nice. I love yeah. that. Very cool. So uh, what uh, besides this, we got live performing happening. We're looking at people to maybe do a, a, a video for you here, and you're writing music. Mm-hmm. Tell me uh, what's next for you. What do you what what, what are you uh, excited about performing? I mean, I've got I've got the I've got the gig. I've, I'm really actually excited about all the co-writing I've been doing since I've been here, um, because up until this point, anything I've written has been like 100% like me, 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 like alone in my room, like lock the door and, you know, stay in there for five hours until I've got like a, a, a melody that I don't hate. And it's, and it's, and so by the, it takes a long time. And usually by the time I finish it, I'm like incredibly happy with it, but it's a very, uh, it can be a painful process because like sometimes if I go in, you know, go into it and I can't think of anything I like for three hours, I'll, I'll like throw my hands up and be like, you know what, why am I even bothering this? Like I should just quit. <laughs> I, which, you know, is dramatic, Ooh. but I, I find <laughs> that the process of, of co-writing is, 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 is new muscles that I'm using where, but it's also a lot easier because you don't have to shoulder so much responsibility. Um, and, and to think that you know best in every aspect of what you're writing and what you're producing and what you're trying to say all the time is, is delusional. So it helps to have like the input of other people. Some, especially like for lyrics, like sometimes I'm not the quickest at that, um, but they'll like throw words out while I can maybe lay down a hook because I find I'm actually really good at that. So it's this, this process, you, it, it's, it helps things come together really quickly. It helps you get you ideas that um, you might not have thought of on your own. And I'm really excited about the process of like pitching these songs out to other artists as well. There's, there've been a couple like really like I don't know how much I can really say about them because like some of them are like under kind of under wraps sure. and some of them didn't really pan out but we've had like a, no, I like I don't haven't even been here yeah yeah so, but like I've had a couple opportunities like go under the noses of some pretty big names that I was even like no way um and whether or not That's they pan awesome. out like it's it's yeah whether or not they pan out it's like I really don't have like a ton invested in that because I don't want you know I don't don't want to get like let down if it doesn't work out but the fact that this is like happening and uh i'm like it brings me it, it keeps me so busy but it keeps me so fulfilled so i'm doing a lot a lot of that i have you know a few i have a few other uh gigs kind of planned down the road that i'm i'm still putting together i've got some new music coming out as soon as i get more of my own stuff recorded i definitely am trying to put together another collection of songs it, whether it's an probably another EP like sometime maybe later this year. I honestly, there, there's just so many kind of possibilities that have been opened up just in the last few months by moving here um, that I'm kind of surprising myself and, you know, that's great. Good for, you know, good for me. <laughs> there you go. Now, have you yeah. found, is there any type of an indie community uh, for indie gay artists that you find out there? I mean, I've had Taylor Olson that's from that area that has some great independent music. Kenneth Mogan um, has some stuff. Oh, I you know guys Kenneth. tend to 
talk to each other? Is there any kind of community for that? Or is everyone just so busy hustling, you don't have time for that? I mean, everyone's busy hustling, but I find that, like, paths always cross. Like, like it's 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 inevitable like if, if unless you're a complete hermit uh who doesn't like ever interact <laughs> with anybody you're you're bound to run into these people like i do i know kenneth um and uh it's you 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 find your people over time like just because you you're like a a queer artist uh in the same city it doesn't mean you all are going to like be stylistically the same or your personalities are going to click or that like you're all Very just going to be yeah. you know you're going to be like BFFs or anything, but I feel like there's definitely kind of like a mutual like respect for the hustle going around. And it's, it's overall, it's, it's a very supportive vibe that I get. Um, like it's competitive, but no one's ever trying to like, you know, cock block someone else's opportunities that I've found. Nice. Yeah. Well, Mr. Uh, Z machine, Joe, it's been a pleasure having you on the show do me a favor and remind everyone where they can follow you on social media and where they can find all this new music and old music. All right. Well, well, thank you. It's been a pleasure being here too. And you can find me. I try to keep it consistent across all platforms. Uh, my handle is the machine music, Z E E machine music, one word capitalize as you please. But you know, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, uh, only fans. Okay. Not that one, but, um, I'm <laughs> same across all platforms. Check me out. Um, Boys in the Band, my new song is streaming everywhere. Um, I show at the study in Hollywood, February 21st. It's going to be a fucking blast. Um, I, and honestly, stay tuned. I've got, I've, there's plenty more that is, is, uh, is in the, in the works right now. If you like what you hear and you will like what you hear, I promise. Fantastic. I agree. Definitely left of straight uh, recommended. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Stay on the line for me, buddy. We are going to wrap things up here. Guys, please tune in tomorrow. I want to thank all my guests today. From Child of the 70s, we had Michael Vaccaro, Ann Walker, Terry Ray, Chuck Sakula, and Charlie Vaughn. And, of course, just had a fantastic experience talking with Z Machine himself, uh, Joe Joe Bissell. Um, tomorrow, there guys, you got to tune in, 2 o'clock Pacific, four, uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time. I'm going to have from Canada, Mr. Gay Canada, Josh Reimer, also a very big YouTube personality. And then we're going to talk with Katie Barberi, a great friend of the show. She is a crossover actress from telenovelas and uh, American acting, and she's in a new play in Chicago starting in just one week. And the rest of this month, some fantastic people. We have the shirtless violinist Matthew Olson. We have uh, Seth Daniels from L.A., Jason Ciceras. Margaret Cho is coming back on the show for the fourth time later in the month. So thanks for listening to us. Uh, Stay on the line for me, Z. We will be back in just a couple minutes. Let's play out with little Damien Escobar. This is Awaken. You've been listening to the Left of Straight Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you.